0: Well, again, welcome and Merry Christmas. I'll tell you that uh, usually we would forego announcements in a service like this, but there are a couple that we feel are noteworthy. In fact, if you will open the end-of-year guide that you were given when you walked in this afternoon, I would just like to highlight a couple events in there that we are calling All Church Vision Night. When I arrived here roughly 18 months ago, I had a question that was on many lips, and it was only natural. Hey, pastor, what's your vision? What's your vision? Everybody, know, everybody wants to know what the new guy's going to do, right? So, alas, on January 9th and 14th, I am going to share with you all a two-year vision for Grace Covenant Church that involves all three campuses. So, if you are here for the very first time tonight, (laughs) this afternoon, (laughs) please know that this invitation is personal to you, and I'd love for you to be there on either January the 9th or 14th. If you are this afternoon playing by the creek bank, continually and in and out of grace, and maybe you've been around for a few months, you're not sure what you're doing, I'd invite you personally to come on January 9th or 14th. And if you've been around here for a million years, I do hope you'll come on January 9th or 14th. They will be identical, all church vision nights. So you wouldn't necessarily want to come to both, but we do hope that you calendar One of the two now, so that you can prioritize it in your family schedule, and we hope to see you there. Also, if you'll turn to the very back page of your end of year guide tonight, you'll notice that the very top paragraph represents year-end giving to Grace Covenant Church, while the bottom paragraph represents year-end giving through Grace Covenant Church. I want you to know... As your pastor, that we so appreciate your support, which has been consistent and faithful throughout 2023, that enables us to serve you and your family and present the gospel in recurring and meaningful ways. I will tell you it is through your ongoing support to Grace that we can pay our staff and that we can continue to provide engaging ministry. Also, throughout the month of December, we have been highlighting several missions organizations that we are partnering with that are seasonal. This is giving through grace. We've highlighted missionaries that we would like to support by way of pass-through funds that disciple children like Operation Christmas Child in our very own Queen City of Charlotte. We've highlighted organizations that fight sex trafficking and rescue exploited girls and women like On Eagle's Wings in Concord, North Carolina. And tonight, for the fourth week of Advent, (laughs) this afternoon, for the fourth weekend of Advent, we're highlighting a renewed global partnership uh, with Belize Grace Covenant has been going to Belize since 2005. In fact, in 2005, we built a church there... And over the process of 20 years, the church has shown that it is in need of upgrades. So if you are finding yourself in the trades, a great place to be these days, and with time to spare, we would invite you to consider going on a mission trip with us to Belize in 2024 to continue to grow your craft and in the meantime, serve folks who could use, quite frankly, our help. We want to improve upon the school that we built, and we hope that you will join us. We are not working, I want you to understand, hand in hand with guys and gals in suits and shirts and ties inside corporate offices uh, and skyscrapers. We know our missionaries by name, and they know our church by name. And so while there are notable causes out there, many of which, if you do research, are expensing in excess of 20% toward overhead and administration, we want you all to know that on average, our partner missions that we are supporting put 92% of incoming funding into the field, into the people that they are ministering to. All to be said, we want Grace Covenant to be the very best place to give to and the very best place to give through. So we have structured this, labored to structure this prudently so that our dollars to missions stretch as far as possible for kingdom expansion. We are on the eve of Christmas, and this Christmas I want to focus on three words that I believe are quite relevant, and the words are these, for all people. In fact, would you just say those three words with me? For all people. Because this phrase is mentioned not once but twice in the Christmas story, and the very first Christmas The angels announced to shepherds, and if you'll recall, the angels said to the shepherds in Luke 2, Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Help me for all people. I don't know about you, but I don't notice any restrictions in those few verses. I don't see any qualifiers or limitations. The words were presented without conditions. The words for all people. It does not matter this afternoon if you are Buddhist or Muslim or Jew or Hindu or conservative or liberal or gay or straight or urban or rural or rich or poor or atheist or agnostic or involved in witchcraft or any other form of demonizing. Jesus came for all people. And that includes you this afternoon. That includes me this afternoon. And I want to tell you, if you've come for good news, you're not going to leave empty. If we fast forward then to the second half or latter half of Luke 2, 40 days after Jesus was born, this little three-month-old is carted into the temple by Mary and Joseph. And they have an encounter with an older priest by the name of Simeon. And God had promised Simeon, you are not going to die. Man, how I would have loved to have been the person to receive this promise from God. You will not die until you lay your physical eyes on the physical Christ child sent to save humanity. And that indeed happened. Because Mary and Joseph come in and Simeon sees, and I anticipate being this, like the Lion King, you know, at Pride Rock when the baby lion is hoisted for all to see. They present the baby... Jesus to Simeon, and he says this, I have now seen the Savior that you, God the Father, have given, here comes our phrase, for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. Church family, Christmas is for all people, and it's for all nations. In heaven there will be all nations races, all tribes, all statuses, all backgrounds. Why? Because God loves all people and he came for all people at Christmas. Now here's four things that we know about why God came for all people. First, God shines his goodness on all people. For those of you who have Lutheran backgrounds, you will be familiar with the doctrine of common grace. What that means is that God is good to both good people and evil people alike. If you think that God is only good to good people, I'm afraid you have mistaken God for Santa Claus, who has both a nice and a naughty list. God shines his goodness on everybody. The book of Job reads, God's light shines on all people. Matthew 5 says, God causes his sun to shine on all people, both good and evil. And he sends rain on those who do right and those who do wrong. In fact, if you're around tomorrow in this area, it's forecasted that it will rain and both the good folks' heads and the evil folks' heads in this room will be rained upon tomorrow should you step outdoors. God does not play favorites with his common grace. God is good to atheists. God is good to those who rebel against him. God is good even to those like the thief hanging beside Jesus who ignore, who ignore God their whole lives. How is it possible that God displays common grace? Because every good thing in your life is from the Father of heavenly light. Even if you don't know it. Even if you don't see it. Even if you don't accept that it's from God, this includes you, this includes me. God is good to everyone. How many of you are thankful This afternoon, that God's law is not karma, but is grace. Because if we got what we deserved, we'd be in a whole heap of trouble. I will tell you, um, we did not deserve to be born. We did not deserve the air that we're breathing in right now. God could have made the world in black and white. How many of you are grateful God made the world in vivid colors? Isn't the world beautiful? How many of you are thankful that God, who could have made all foods taste the same, gifted us with taste buds? Can I get an amen? And then gave us pork barbecue. (laughs) On top of all that. I mean, it's the best thing on earth. You will leave here this afternoon and you will get into, in all likelihood, a car or a minivan or an SUV, or a pickup truck. Those are gifts from God, regardless of whether or not you acknowledge Him. And then you will go home, or to a family member's home, or to a hotel, and you will walk into warmth from out of the cold. Another common grace of God. And then tonight, God willing, at the end of a long day with family and humor that you don't necessarily appreciate you will take a hot shower glory to God is it just me or is God not good can we give him praise this afternoon for his faithfulness and common grace he shines his goodness on all people number two God showers his love on all people. God has never made a person that he didn't love. God loves you whether or not you love him. Whether you're believing or unbelieving, the Lord loves you. You are the object of his love. If God creates a human being and doesn't love a human being, he's not all that good. In order for there to be love transferred, there has to be an object of one's affection. You can't love unless you have a person to love, or a dog to love, or a toy to love. God created humanity so that he could love us. How many of you have ever been to a baby shower? Raise your hand. How many of you have ever been to a wedding shower? Raise your hand. How many of you have ever taken a shower? Raise your hand. I just want to make sure you're paying attention. God showers, Psalm 145 says, compassion on all his creation. He doesn't dribble compassion. God is not like a water-saving showerhead. I love water-saving showerheads, said no person ever in the history of human beings. God isn't like that. He showers us with his love. The Bible says God has engraved your name on the palm of his hand. God has a tattoo of your name on his think about it the baby jesus grew up he died on a cross they nailed his hands and feet there and jesus carries the reminders of what he did for you everywhere he goes i love her this much i love him this much he loves you all this much Jesus brings comfort to the brokenhearted and hope to those in the vacuum of despair. Number three, God shines his goodness on all people, showers his love on all people, and shares the pain of all people. What kind of God is Jesus? Jesus is the suffering God. Jesus is the God who sympathizes. Jesus is the God who stooped. He's not somebody who has no emotion. He enters into our pain in the form of a baby in a cradle. That is more, mind you, than being a God who's aware of it all. That's more than being a God who cares about it all. It's being a God who shares it all. God has been there. God has done that. God has laughed. God has cried. God has wept. God has rejoiced. God knows what it's like to be betrayed. God knows what it's like to receive bigotry against himself, prejudice, racism what being an outcast is like what being homeless is like what being alone and isolated and misunderstood and even having physical pain is like what kind the most excruciating possible mental anguish god gets it stress anxiety despair he sweat blood in the garden wrongful indictments if you've been accused of something you didn't do his whole trial was a sham God shares your pain he's been where you are he understands the depth of your soul this afternoon and your need for him last one God sacrificed his son for all people Simeon said I've seen the savior given for all people. First Timothy says Jesus sacrificed himself for all people to free them from, from their sins. The harmless lamb sacrificed by evil men. Christmas without the cross, amen, is irrelevant. It means nothing. If the baby just came and didn't grow up And be sacrificed on the cross. Let's just go home. Let's just turn the lights out and do something better with our time. Who cares then? But in addition to being born into fallen humanity, Jesus also died for fallen humanity, and Jesus also rose again for fallen humanity. There were two, listen to this, this is so fun. There were two primary angelic announcements in the gospel. The first occurred in a manger. He's here. He's come down. And the second one occurred at the tomb. He's not here. He's arisen. He's alive. He's the only one to have done it unassisted, by the way. You know, I don't know what your motivation was for coming here this afternoon. You may have been eagerly anticipating this since Thanksgiving. Some of you turn your Christmas music on before Thanksgiving. I don't understand those people. But some of you look forward to worshiping the King of all kings, others of you were dragged here. Or feel obligated to attend and sit beside your sweet mother or grandmother. Because you know this would just make her Christmas. And that's why you're here. I don't, I don't know what your motivation is. Here's what I want to tell you. God made you to live forever forever. And one day your heart is going to stop. I can't tell you when that's going to be. Only God knows the timing of your days. Every one of them is numbered. I do know that he wants you to spend eternity with himself. And that if you live on this earth as if you do not know him, this will be the very best life that there is. But if you give Jesus all of yourself and trust in him for salvation, what you're experiencing right now is the worst it's going to get. Everything ahead of us is better. It's a part of God's plan to seal us for redemption by the Holy Spirit and provide a home for us with himself in glory. Just yesterday... My dad was kind enough to take me to pick up my car, which needed to have some work done to it. And we went through China Grove and into Kannapolis to a shop to grab my little sedan. And on the way there, we passed a landmark that I did not anticipate seeing. And it became emotional for me. And the landmark, among all other landmarks, was Frank Courier's meat processing plant. And when I saw Frank Corrier's meat processing plant, I had a hard time holding back tears in the passenger seat of my my dad's truck. And I said, Dad, shame on me as a teenager when you and mom asked me year after year. And when I became obstinate and rebellious, I said, No, I don't want to go this year to ride with Papa Cox to go pick up four dozen pork barbecue shoulders from Frank. Courier's meat department to continue to fulfill our 50-some-year family tradition where we stay overnight and roast. Barbecue beautiful pork shoulders on live hickory wood only to send them home with my papa's favorite people the next day, the town dentist, the town police officer, the town doctor, the town youth pastor. Dad, I am so sorry that I resisted when you and mom told me to go with Pawpaw for one more year. Because dad, I couldn't attend his funeral during COVID when I lived in Wisconsin and I would give anything for Pawpaw to round the corner in his deep red Chevy Silverado and pick me up and take me to frank corrier's meat processing plant i would give anything to have him back if you're here today and you're a prodigal removed from god's grace know that god would do anything To have you back. Friends, God gave up His only Son so He could be with you again. You're not too bad for God. God would cross mountains for you. God would traverse valleys for you. God would ford rivers for you. Take blows for you. He would enter hell for you. Christmas is for all people. Nobody's too cool for Christmas. Jesus came for all people. So I want to provide an opportunity, if you would bow your heads with me tonight, And don't be peeping, and don't be gawking, and just have a moment to yourself. I just like to ask, is there anybody here who with boldness and courage would lift your hand just so Isaac could see you and say, I'm a prodigal, and I need to return to the Lord? I recognize that he would give anything to have me back. I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. Over here. Anybody else today? Thank the Lord. Glory to God. Anybody else? In the balcony, I see you up there. Praise the Lord. God woos you. He draws you to himself. Amen. I see you. There's nothing we can do. Jesus draws all people. Secondly, if you would say, I don't need to return to the Lord. I've never met the Lord to begin with. And today, on Christmas Eve of 2023, I'd like to become a Christian. I'd like to give my heart to Christ for the first time. Would you boldly and courageously lift your hand so that I could recognize and pray for you? Anybody here want to become a Christian? Trust in Jesus for salvation. We've had multiple people in four services give their hearts to Christ. Anybody at all? I'd like everybody who would express that I'm a prodigal, along with all of you, who know and love Jesus along with those of you who may have raised your hands for salvation and I didn't see you or if there's someone in your bed at home or watching from your couch who wants to become a Christ follower would you all pray this prayer with me Heavenly Father I have sinned I've fallen short please forgive me save me heal me I have a hole in my soul. Fill it. I believe you died and rose again for my salvation. I accept you as Lord. The cross is before me. The world behind me. Give me Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The story of Jesus begins with uh, his birth. As a matter of fact, will we celebrate and just thank God for what just happened in this room? We have communion tables set, and we'd like to invite you and your family, or if you're here alone, to come forward and take family uh, communion, individual communion around these tables. The ushers will soon direct you by row. Perhaps one family member could lead in a short prayer, and you just make this a a little altar for a brief time. This is not a common cup, so please do not drink from the chalice. No chug-a-luggin', okay? We're not going to do that on Christmas Eve. Rather, take the bread and dip it into the cup by tincture, And I'd also like to ask if you would be mindful of those around you who may be here by themselves to invite them to join you and your family for communion. I think that would be appropriate tonight. And then as you sit down, would you allow space for God to continue to work in your heart and pray for those around you? Heavenly Father, I just ask that this time of communion is sweet Lord, I even pray that redemptive work, restorative work would happen in families today, that people would feel led by your spirit to say, I'm sorry today, that sons and daughters would return home and be reunited today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.